Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, and whatever is going on, just let it fall to the wayside. And just recognize and realize and appreciate and be grateful for the ever presence the ever present presence of God. We don't have to get his attention. We don't have to be something or have achieved something or anything. He is always present and always giving. That's his nature. That's who he is. And we get to just enjoy a relationship with him. Now, there's parts of our relationship that are more challenging than others. And that's, that will always involve change. We don't like to change. We like to control the way we live our lives. And that's a characteristic that, oddly enough, God put into each and every one of our souls. The the drive, your soul, my soul, there's a drive there to needs met. Your soul has a built-in desire to control, to protect. Now, it's usually fulfilled. It's nature, it's original relationship between soul and spirit is it receives from spirit. And as it receives, as your soul receives from spirit that need, that desire, that drive is fulfilled. So your soul was made to receive from your spirit, which is connected to God's spirit, part of. So God is not surprised And he doesn't hold it against our soul that our soul wants to maintain control, get its needs met. Because that's the way God made it. Now, I don't know whether the soul is going to be the same soul we have in whatever comes next to each one of us as individuals or as a, a higher, you know, for humanity, whatever you want to call, whatever comes next. We've been around for a, a short period of time, relatively speaking. So I think there's something came before and something will come after. No idea what involvement or what state or condition the soul will be. Because we know spirit is eternal, but soul so far is not. 
The soul exists in the supernatural realm which was created. And if it has a beginning, it has an end, even if that end is the beginning. Something that starts and never ends is not eternal. Eternal is has nothing to do with time. Eternal, eternity, is quality of existence, not quantity. So when we talk about eternal life, we're not talking about more life. We're talking about God's life, spirit life. Totally different concept. But what we want to embrace is the whole idea that God gave you a soul that he wanted you to have. And it has challenges that God wanted us to wrestle with. Not to be able to receive life or to please God, but because we have already received life and pleased God. It's like being born into a royal family and being next in line for the throne. You are already in line for the throne. It's now you need to learn all you're going to need to learn in order to be a good ruler, in order to be what you are already made to be. And part of our challenge that we struggle with is our soul has a very focused agenda. Our soul's agenda is often in distinction from our spirit. Our spirit wants to give And our soul very often wants to control how it receives. Our soul is very often, uh, very often believes lies, has misconceptions about God. We, you know, even though we all say, oh, we love God and we want whatever he wants for us because we trust him, we, a lot of times when we really get down to things, we don't. We're far more, aware of of and have fear of being deceived or missing his will or all the bad things that can happen to us in our relationship with God. We're far more focused on the negative than we are on just being able to be available and receive what God wants to give us unconditionally. And this is where our soul wrestling with our soul and the processing of our soul comes into play because it's only through the process, wrestling, hand-to-hand combat with our soul, that our soul comes into realignment with our spirit. The nature of your soul is not changed. Your temperament itself is not changed. But it learns, your soul learns to relinquish that control. Your, your soul wants to do it my way. And God says, no, my way. Your spirit says, God's way. So 
God will very often modify or pull back or reveal in the process of our wrestling. He lets our soul fail. He he brings to the surface things that we're relying on that are not part of what God has for us. We have set up, again, our own beliefs, our own kingdom, and he lets those things fall and fail. We very often go, okay, well, then we just need to try harder. And we try to rebuild those things that God has has torn down himself or even just let fall and fail. But we're all in the process and being engaged in the wrestling, being engaged in and involved in what he's doing on a regular basis in our lives. So often we want to look at big picture items, like what God is doing in our community or our, you know, there's a health issue in the family or, or you know, what, you know, what we're doing in ministry, big things, rather than looking at really what we're struggling with. Because very often the changes that God wants to make are the little ones, and then those little ones are amplified through our how we relate to everything. When we, when, and we're going to start looking at what's going on in the supernatural realm and in our soul as far as soulical gifts and what I refer to as the, the spiritual gifts, but they're really supernatural soulical gifts. But what we want to look at is the power and authority that is already available to you and I, but how we are to approach them, how we are to engage their use, not to accomplish something, but recognizing just as that that heir to the throne needs to learn how to engage in different realms of ruling and reigning, the power and authority we already have, we just don't know how to use it. And that takes training. That takes experience. That takes, takes sitting at the feet of the one on the throne now. So as we spend time in the training, it's, it's not so that we can qualify to sit on the throne. We are already qualified because we are in Christ. We are in the Son of God. We are in the kingdom. We are joint heirs and co-inheritors. That was done 2,000 years ago. But for you and I, this wrestling, this training, is where God realigns our soul with our spirit. Sometimes this can be very frustrating and very disheartening because we want to do it. And this goes back to we, our soul very often wants to control what God is doing. We'll very often say, okay, God, you can do this, 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 and this, but stay out of this. As long as you let me have this, you can deal with this, 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 and this. Or, you know, you pick. Odds are you have a good idea. You stop and think about it. What the sticking points are. 
in your relationship with God. You know, don't touch the whole concept of being special because you have a special gift. Or I'm in the ministry, so I'm have I'm closer to God. I'm going to get more credit for ministering to others. God's given me a special revelation, so you have to listen to everything I say and not question it. There's a lot of different things that we build our belief system on that God very often is coming along, you know, like that Jenga game. He pulls out one, and then it starts to wobble, and he pulls out another, it wobbles more, and we're trying to put the pieces back in. We're trying to brace it, and he's trying to take out the strengths that we're relying on that are, that are keeping our kingdom afloat. There's only one kingdom. There's only one kingdom of God, and we have already entered it. It's already built. It's already inhabited. The monarch, God himself, is on the throne. But we are part of who he is. We are with him on that throne. Now, our analogies always break down because we try to translate our own understanding, our own imagery, our own terminology. And this is where we get so caught up in problems with the scriptures and with what we receive from the Lord, you know, whether it's in visions or words of knowledge or whatever, we try to draw conclusions on not enough information. Now, God, this is another place where we wrestle. And sometimes God gives us a piece of something, a puzzle, and he wants us to pursue for another piece and another piece and another piece until we have a full image. Sometimes he just wants us to be satisfied with the one piece. How do we know the difference? We ask. And then we're satisfied. Okay, Lord. Maybe he only wants to give you three pieces of a thousand-piece puzzle. Or he wants to give you 999 pieces of the thousand-piece puzzle. That's up to him. And it is not a reflection on you that you never get that final piece. Your spirit and God's spirit are in full communion and agreement in the wrestling that your soul is going through. The wrestling is for strengthening your soulical connection with your spirit that God is creating. God is the one reuniting your soul and your spirit. So then we come back to again, so what do we do? If God's the one healing us and and revealing lies and speaking truth and reconnecting our soul and spirit, bringing us into a, a greater unity that 
that oneness, spirit, soul, and body, where we can live and move and have our being in him as a spirit being, what do we do? Well, again, there are areas that just as in the physical, we take care of our physical needs. Our soul also has characteristics and traits and senses and strengths and weaknesses that unfortunately for Christians for so long, we have almost completely ignored. And we have, in some sense, really focused on only the natural, only our natural senses. We look at behavior, which is outward. We see what people are doing with their lives, and we, are, we judge them on that. We, we hear what they say. We see how they dress, for instance, or how often they go to church, or what their lifestyle is, and we say, okay, We draw conclusions based on our natural senses without even understanding what is going on in the supernatural realm. So he stirs us up. He draws us. He gives us a desire to know him more, not just more on one level, but as he stirs us up, he says, there's more. There's more that you don't understand. There's more that you have not experienced. And he gives us a hunger and a thirst. Now, sometimes he gives us a hunger and a thirst that we recognize. Sometimes we don't recognize it. We are just drawn. Now, whichever way he does it is fine. He, he treats each one of us exactly how we need it. You are on a path that he has chosen and created for you. I am on a path that he has chosen and created for me. And that path always leads to him, a restoration of our relationship, soul to spirit. Now remember, again, your spirit and his spirit are already one. So we're not returning to a relationship with him. Who you are is your spirit. Your soul is something you have. It's not you. Something you have while we're here on this earth. Maybe maybe afterwards and maybe before we're here on this earth, but at least for right now we know that you have a soul, you have and you live in a body. But who you are is spirit. You're either dead spirit or living spirit. That's it. Those are the only options. You're either alive in Christ or you're dead in Christ. You've been resurrected or you haven't. But if you've been resurrected, you are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father. We've spoken before about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They always travel together. They're always God. They're always one, just as as you and I. We are one to a, a lesser degree, spirit, soul, and body. It's not like my soul is connecting with your spirit or my body is connecting with somebody else's soul. We're all spirit, soul, and body, but our the connection between our soul and our spirit is unique to each one of us until 
He brings us all into his fullness. Oneness in ourselves, oneness in him. Even as he is one, Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are one, Spirit, soul, and body. So what do we do? He, he leads us and he guides us and he directs us and he draws us by his goodness. He, do, he draws us. He does not drive us. And I've had conversations with Christians about how God uses fear. That fear is a good motivator. And it's not. It's the goodness of God that draws us. The fear of God drives us. And what happens when we, we drive, get driven too long is we give up, we get angry, we get defensive, we run off the road. We run out of gas. We get angry. Develop misunderstandings about who God is. Fear, we can't maintain fear. Our body isn't made to do it. Our soul isn't made, our emotions. We can only abide by fear for so long. We start to change the level of fear that is acceptable. We reinterpret what is causing us fear. We make we make peace with our enemies. We accept what is causing us fear. We do what is necessary for survival to accommodate fear. Sometimes we even embrace it. All in an attempt to maintain our own control or our own survival. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's bad. But fear is not what we want to look for, lock look to as a motivator. We want to look for our motivation of, from the love of God, that he is drawing us. What He is drawing us not only to himself, to his spirit to spirit and spirit to our soul, but also his soul, his spirit is drawing us to our fullness, the way he made us. Your soul has just again, as your body does, has certain attributes that function in a certain way. And as they function, that is how that your, your body functions in the natural realm. That's the way God made it to it. It's pleasing to him. We can receive what he gives in the natural realm because our natural senses are functioning the way he determined them to be functioning the way he gave them to us. That's not very true for most of us in the supernatural realm. Unfortunately, we, we are not very good at recognizing, seeing, and abiding by what's going on in the supernatural realm. Now we can look at Examples in the, in the scriptures about, for instance, the disciples that were traveling with, with Jesus and they saw him do mighty things, healings, and even some of the things he said changed, you know, tur- he turned the world upside down. But they saw specific things and the power and the authority that he had. And then even when Paul went out 
casting out devils and Peter, Peter's shadow would, would heal. Those, we think those were special times. And those were special people. And may I just put the thought out there that that's not the case. They were special people and they were special times. But you are a special person and you are living in a special time. Your time, your lifetime is special. I don't know where, you know, there may come a time when he says, when God says, okay, this is not for you at this time. But until you get to that point, the door is open. He's given us an opportunity here on this earth to learn how to exercise power and authority in the supernatural realm, and then even over the natural realm. And in so many cases, unfortunately, Western civilization especially has not only neglected learning how the supernatural realm works, but also rejected that in order for you to exercise, for instance, in order for you to exercise your gifts, you have to be approved by the pastor. It has to be run through the authority of the church. Or somebody, you have to be checked out in some way. And sometimes you wonder, okay, if Jesus went into some of our churches and started healing people, raising people from the dead, speaking in truth and life and changing people's lives, if he would be escorted right back out the church. And that gives us a lot of coming back to our fear, fear of rejection. There's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. Don't let the goal be to not be rejected. Let your goal be to know where to go to get accepted. When you've been rejected, if you, when you know, okay, fine, reject me, I know God loves me, and we can turn to him and not only know and acknowledge that he accepts us, but ha- have an experience of his acceptance and his love, unconditional But this comes through that wrestling, not settling for where we are now. So even as we start talking about, and we're going to talk about the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit rather than the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start with talking them in the typical terms of the Holy Spirit, but they're really part of our soul. They're where spirit energizes a latent attribute that exists in your soul right now. But the presence of God stirs it up. Now, very, and there's going to be two different ways we, in general, approach this. One is intentionally, and asking him for specific 
um, influence where he stirs, we ask him to specifically stir up a particular gift or attribute that's in our soul, but also starting to recognize those things that he has already been stirring up because we've been in his presence. So that's where I want you to start now is just be thinking about as you're spending time with him, have there been places in your life that have changed because without you doing anything, without you changing yourself, make, you know, changing your habits, or sometimes even where he breaks through and changes our habits for us, but where he has acted on our behalf, where it's a supernatural thing or even, like I say, a habit or something, where we can recognize that he has moved without us doing anything simply because we've been in his presence. Sort of like he's radioactive. And when we're in his presence, we are affected by that radioactivity. And it changes our molecular structure, rather than in a negative way, in a very positive way. So we'll pick it up here next time, next week, same time next week, feel free to continue to drop me a line, drop me a, an email or through Blog Talk Radio. My email is diane at therainersclub.org or, again, through Blog Talk Radio. It's always great to hear from you. And otherwise, we'll get, be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.